Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. We exist to lead people to the abundant life in Christ. For a great way to stay connected throughout the week, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Well, guys, my name is Heaven Weaver, and I am the online director here at Coast Life which means I have the privilege of being able to serve our Coast Life home location. Shout out to our online family, to our online team. I know I'm a little bit biased, but I do believe that they are the best team. I'm just kidding. All of our serve team is absolutely incredible, and weekends would not be possible without them. Can we give it up for our serve teams? We are in a collection of talks called Voices. And over the last few weeks, we've had the opportunity to hear from different voices here at our church. And can I just say, oh my goodness, like we have some of the most incredible communicators, some of the most incredible leaders here at our church. And can I just say thank you guys so much, like Dylan, Lady Trevor, thank you for the wisdom that you have deposited in my life over these last few weeks. They are absolutely incredible. And if you missed any of those messages, make sure to go back on YouTube or listen to them on our podcast because they are messages that you do not want to miss. But not only do I want to take a minute and honor our incredible leaders, but can we take a minute and honor our pastors? We have some of the most life-giving, loving, and anointed pastors here at our church. And it's because of their yes, it's because of their vision for our church that my husband and I actually decided to stay planted here in Venice, Florida. I'm so thankful for everything that they've done for my life and for the life of our church. Like I said earlier, we are in a collection of talks called Voices. And this week, we're going to take a minute and we're going to look at the topic of worship. If you guys have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn in it to Luke 10, 38 through 42. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. That's when you know you're in trouble is when your name is said twice. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I want to preach a message tonight called, Don't Get Distracted. Would you pray with me? God, we just thank you right now for this moment in your presence. We pray that you would show up tonight in a big way, God, that you would begin to open our hearts for what it is that you have to say to us, that you would begin to transform us and that you would transform our lives so that when we walk out of here, we'll be able to walk out different, God. We thank you for the new thing you're doing in our lives right here tonight. And it's in your name that everyone said, amen. Amen. All right, I'm gonna let you guys in on a secret. But it's really not that big of a secret because you're not going to be surprised. But I love Target. I mean, I love Target. And all of the ladies in the room said, amen. That's right. That's right. 
See, my ideal day, other than serving at church, obviously, would be if someone came up to me and just handed me money and dropped me off at Target for the day. Like, that is my ideal day. But the only thing about loving Target so much is that sometimes I have this idea that I'm just going to go in and grab one thing, right? So I'm, like, driving past Target. I remember that I'm almost out of deodorant. And so I'm like, oh, I'll just pop into Target real quick. Easy. No, incorrect. That is 100% wrong because the moment I walk into Target and those doors open and I smell Starbucks and the dollar bins seem to be audibly calling my name. And then, of course, you have to walk past the clothing section in order to go anywhere in the store. And as soon as that happens, game over. Like, I, it's over. I'm walking out four hours later. My cart is full of bags. And I didn't, even came, come, I didn't even get the thing that I came to get with in the beginning. So then I go home, of course, to my husband with all these bags. And he says, what happened? I thought you just ran in to get one thing. And my answer is always the same. Yeah, but I got distracted. You see, the word distracted means to be pulled away from something else. And inside each of our minds is a series of distractions that are constantly trying to pull us away from the task at hand. And I have to give credit to Target's marketing team because they know the power of a good distraction. I mean, all the necessities, you know, like the toilet paper, the things you need, they put at the back of the store so you have to walk past everything else. They know the power of a good distraction. But you know what? So does the enemy. And it happens to us all of the time. And it happens to us in our worship. You know, when you're worshiping and the they're playing a song and you're singing and you're praising God and then all of a sudden your stomach begins to make a noise and you realize that you're hungry and then you think, hmm, I wonder when the last time I ate today was. I wonder what we're going to have for dinner tonight. You know, we don't really have anything at home, so we'll probably have to stop at Publix and get groceries. Ooh, or we could just grab pub subs and we could call it a night. And then next thing you know, they're on to the next song, you're clapping, and all the while, you were just thinking about pub subs. You see, I'm a little more guilty of this than I'd like to admit because I always am planning what's next. I'm always trying to get ahead of the game, and I like to consider myself the ultimate planner. I know what next week looks like. I know what next month looks like. I know what next year looks like, or so I like to think I know what it looks like. But we live in a culture that's always idolizing what's next. They're always looking at the next big thing that you're going to do. It's always fast-paced and on to a new thing. The busier the schedule, the more things you can add into your routine, the more productive you are, the more successful and the better you must be. You see, I'm preaching to myself here because I've literally been in conversations where I've tried to out-busy someone else. Has anyone been in those conversations or at least witnessed those conversations? Like someone's talking about how much they have on their plate and how overwhelmed they are. And the other person is like, oh, you work two jobs? I work three jobs. I work 90 hours a week. I go home every night and I make a five-course meal for my family. And my weekends, oh, my weekends, they're scheduled out to 15-minute increments. And we're, like, so proud of everything that we're accomplishing. We're tired. We're exhausted. But we're proud. And I, there's nothing wrong with 
being busy. There's nothing wrong with accomplishing things. But I think sometimes we get so consumed with the busyness of life. We get so preoccupied doing things. But like Jesus said in our scripture to Martha, we're doing things, but not what really matters. You see, in this story, Jesus and his disciples are on their way to Jerusalem. And if you notice during Jesus' life and ministry, he is always traveling. Like, he always has a destination in mind. But if you've read through the Gospels, then you know that something crazy always happens when Jesus is traveling somewhere. Like, things good enough to get in the Bible happen while Jesus is just on his way. And I think it's interesting because... How many times in our life does God work through us when we are just on our way somewhere? Earlier in the scripture, before the story of Mary and Martha, Jesus is actually telling the parable of the Good Samaritan. And if you know the story, then you know that really important people, really busy people are walking past this injured and dying man all because they couldn't be bothered to be stopped. They had things to do. They had places to be. And so they could not stop and help this man on the side of the road. And I'm here today to tell you that some of life's distractions will be what you had planned. The plans of God will be shown to you in things that you didn't even expect to happen. If you don't have any margin in your life, you're going to keep walking past the opportunities that God has clearly laid out in front of you. All because of what you have on your agenda. All because of what you have planned because you didn't leave any margin in your life for God to do what only he can do. God's greatest gifts oftentimes happen on the way to our destinations. When you go down a little bit further in the chapter, you get this story of Mary and Martha. But then after it, we read that Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. So right before the story, you have the Good Samaritan. And then right after is the Lord's Prayer, right? Two pretty recognizable portions of scripture. But sandwiched in between there is the stories of these two sisters. And sometimes I come across stories like this and I wonder, like, God why did you put this in here? Like, why? If we only have so many scriptures to communicate God's salvation for all of humanity, like, why did this story make it in, you know? Like, it's not that epic of a story. Jesus goes to a home, two sisters argue. Um, And I like that the story actually makes it in because, to be honest, my life is not always that epic. You know, I'm not always marching into the promised land on Monday and slaying giants on Tuesday. So I'm glad that this makes it in, not only because it's relatable, because, but because it so perfectly demonstrates this life of undistracted worship and how easily we can get it wrong. Luke is telling the story of two sisters. So the first sister is Martha, and she's the eldest sister. Any older siblings in the room tonight? Come on, the firstborn, the superior people in the room. That's right, that's right. See, I am the oldest child, and I like to think I relate to Martha a little bit um, because Martha was pretty well known for getting things done. She was probably a planner, but in my house, my husband is actually the one who is, is a Martha. He is the one who get things done. He's also a firstborn, so he's got that Martha inside of him. I mean, if you give him a, a to-do list, he will not only accomplish everything on there, but he will go above and beyond. Like, 
I will come home from work, and not only is my laundry done, but his laundry is done, and both of them are folded, put away, and color categorized in the closet. Like, he gets things done with excellence. And with him, I've learned there's always a correct way to do everything. Before I got married, I thought I knew how to vacuum the carpet, you know? 21 years of life, I had vacuumed an average amount of carpets. I thought I knew how to do it, but oh my goodness, was I wrong? Because I have now learned the correct way to vacuum carpet. And apparently, the lines, you know, that the vacuum makes in the carpet, if they're not straight, equidistant, and parallel to all of the other lines in the carpet, it must be redone. Who knew? But I imagine that Martha was a lot like this. I just picture her with a long to-do list and a correct way to do everything on the to-do list. I mean, she's frantically running around the house. She's vacuuming the carpet, making sure the lines are absolutely perfect. She's dusting the ceiling fans. She's getting the charcuterie board ready. She's going around and she's karate chopping every single decorative pillow that she has in her house because she's gotta make sure that everything is perfect. I mean. It was a lot of pressure. You think you've had important house guests? Forget the Queen of England. The Son of God was coming over for dinner in her house. Like, this was a lot of pressure. All while her younger sister, Mary, is just chilling. Some of you have younger siblings or maybe spouses. I am that spouse. Or maybe you have kids that are a lot like Mary where they're just chilling while you are running around the house, doing all the chores, getting everything done. And what I've always found so interesting about this scripture is that Jesus corrects Martha and not Mary. And it's because Mary knew how to live this life of undistracted, of uninterrupted worship. I want to take a minute tonight and I want to learn from Mary about how to live this life of undistracted worship. See, Mary took time and she prioritized Jesus' presence. It says in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Martha was the one who extended the invitation. She was the one that invited Jesus and the disciples into her home, yet she was so consumed by her to-do list that she forgot to prioritize Jesus' presence. She even comes out to Jesus and says, Jesus, like, can you let my sister know I need some help back here? And I can just imagine before she gets to this point of frustration that she's probably in the kitchen. She's probably trying to let Mary know that she needs some help. You know, I can just imagine her cooking, and she... (sighs) exhales really loudly, trying to get her sister's attention, or, you know, maybe she drops a pan on the floor, makes some noise, anything to let her sister know, like, hey, girl, I need some help back here. But Mary was so prioritized, she prioritized his presence. She was so wrapped up at the feet of Jesus that no amount of noise, no amount of cultural expectation of where she should be or what she should be doing was going to distract her from her priority. How often do we prioritize what we need to get done? And then at the end of the day, we realize that we didn't take any time to spend in worship. We're too distracted by 
what we have planned. We're too distracted to turn the worship music on in the car or to wake up earlier and read our Bible or to just sit in Jesus' presence and listen to what it is that he has to say to us. All because those things, the things that draw us closer to God, didn't make it to the top of our to-do lists. We have to start prioritizing our worship. And let me tell you, worship is so much more than the first 17 minutes of service each week. It's more than singing songs and playing instruments. That's an expression of our worship. But worship at its root is us simply taking time and loving God back. It's our adoration of him. It's our devotion and our dedication to him. It's us taking time to recognize who he is and what he's done in our lives. We have to take time and prioritize his presence. To be able to go to him and just sit and ask what it is that he has for us. We have to prepare our hearts for what it is that he has. You know, Mary also knew how to take a step back and to pause. She recognized this moment and she knew that this was her time to rest and refill her spirit with Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 29 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Mary understood what it was to find rest at the feet of Jesus. She knew that when she felt tired or when she felt overwhelmed or broken, the only place she could go for true rest was at the feet of Jesus. See, that's the only place where you're going to find rest and where your soul is going to be restored. Even David in the 23rd Psalm recognized this. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. The presence of God is the answer to our weariness. We can spend all the time we want on vacations or watching TV or having relaxing baths. And while that may grant you a temporary rest, it will never restore your soul. I think as Christians, we can sometimes get so caught up in the doing. We become like Martha and we are serving our heart out and we should serve our hearts out. But we have to know when to take a step back and to pause and to rest in Jesus' presence, to just sit with him and to be refilled. That's why here at church we sit one and we serve one. Because you can serve all day, you can be here every day of the week and on every team, but if you don't take time in Jesus' presence, if you don't take time to worship him, then you're going to grow weary and tired. Let's be like Mary and let's know when to pause and find rest at Jesus' feet. You know, I've always found it really interesting in this story where Mary is at, right? It doesn't say that Mary is sitting across from the table with Jesus or that she's sitting next to Jesus. We find Mary at the feet of Jesus because Mary knew how to fix her posture of worship. Psalm 64, 1 says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Worship is more about our heart posture than it is our physical posture. It's less about how we express worship and more about the attitude behind our worship. 
See, Martha wasn't corrected for what she was doing. She was corrected because of the attitude behind her worship. What she was doing wasn't wrong, but she had forgotten who she was serving. She forgot the why behind her worship. But Mary sat at Jesus' feet. Her posture demonstrated humility. She was ready and receptive and wanted to receive whatever it was that Jesus had for her. And she was so focused on her object of worship that nothing else mattered. How often do we get into the presence of God and instead of worshiping him, we just present him with a wish list. You know, we go to him and instead of being ready to to receive what it is that he has for us, we just give him our requests and then we count that as our time of worship. When we go to God in worship, we need to make sure that our heart is ready and receptive to whatever it is that he has for us. We need to be able to just sit in Jesus' presence, to be able to praise him for who he is and for what he's done in our lives, that we can go to him in complete surrender, letting him be in total control. And if I'm being honest, there's been seasons in my life where I really struggle with letting God have control. I'm so focused on my agenda and how I want God to use me and how I want God to move that my worship becomes less about God and more about me. I've gotten so distracted by my plans and my goals and what the world says that my life should look like that my worship becomes crowded with so many things except the thing that truly matters. I want to ask you today, what's distracting you from your worship? What's pulling you away from sitting at Jesus' feet? Is it your schedule? Is it your career? Is it your friends or your need to please the people around you? Or maybe it's the expectations that the world has placed on you. Don't let it pull you away from sitting at the feet of Jesus. Don't let it distract you from your worship. See, the reason Mary and Martha were giving their time and their energy, the reason that they were worshiping is because they knew Jesus. They'd spent time with him. They'd experienced the love and the grace that Jesus had to offer. And maybe you're sitting in here today and you don't know Jesus in that way. I want to let you know that today is your opportunity to get to know him. I'm going to ask that everyone would join me on their feet. Maybe you're in here today and you recognize where Mary was at. Maybe you're tired and you're broken. And the scripture we we read before says, come to me all who are weary and broken, and he will give us rest. Maybe you're tired of finding your worth in your accomplishments, and today you want to find it in him. Maybe you're saying, God, I'm tired of doing everything on my own. I'm I'm tired of trying to keep up with the busyness of life, with the stress of life. I'm tired of letting distractions pull me away from you. God wants you to step into all that he has for us. And it starts with saying yes to him. We're going to pray a prayer, and maybe this is the first time you've prayed it, or maybe you've prayed it before, but you've let the distractions of life set in and pull you away from him. And today, you want to reset your focus, and you want to step into all that it is that he has for you. 
He's longing for you. He's longing for a relationship with you more than you could even imagine. He knows you personally and he loves you. So much so that he came to earth and died on a cross so that he could spend eternity with you. I'm going to ask that everyone in this room would say this prayer along with me. And if it's your first time, I want to let you know that you have people that are in your corner. You have people that are praying for you right now because they're so excited for what it is that God is about to do in your life. Come on, church. Let's pray. God, today I choose you to make you the leader and the Lord of my life. I give you my past, I give you my present, and I even place my future in your hands. Wash away my sins. Make me a new person. I'm yours, God, totally surrendered, and I will never be the same. Oh, come on, guys. I will never be the same. And everybody said, amen. Come on. God just did something in this room right now. Can we celebrate that? God just moved in somebody's life. Hey, thank you for joining us. And a special thank you to those of you who give so faithfully and generously to this church. It's because of people like you that podcasts like this are possible. And you can click the link in the description to give now, or you can visit mycoastlifechurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love it if you subscribed, share it with your friends. So thank you for listening and God bless you.